Well, most of you know, I'm looking at mostly familiar faces, and if you're new, welcome. Last week, we, had, we, we started a, a, a conversation, some real talk about just the real stuff of the last 15 or so months, about how our world still continuously even feels like it's just getting pulled apart, and not even slowly, pretty quickly. How our relationships, we're relationally challenged, we're being pulled apart relationally. I don't think, I'll bet you not one of us can say our relationships are all the same as they were 15 months ago. Issues that were there got amplified and things that you had no idea would pop up just came up. And we've experienced that in this church even. And so we've just started this conversation and I, I, didn't, I didn't plan for it. It was literally a midweek choice that I made that we're, I want to do this. And the elders said, yes, we're going to do this. Let's do it. And I thought it was just going to be last week. And then we heard last Sunday that this seems like the beginning of a conversation, not just a one-time deal. And so we're going to be talking about this for a couple of weeks. Next week, my friend Jenny Heckman is going to be here, and she's, a, she's a, I, one of the most amazing therapists I know. She was a former pastor as well here at Bruce City Church, and she's going to be sharing about mental health during a pandemic, something that we all need to hear. But this week, we're going to just hone in a little bit more. We're going to hear from a, a, a several friends of mine who I've asked to share about their stories in the last year. But last week, I just want to... I want to reiterate something. Here's, here was a, I like getting feedback. I like hearing from people. And something that we heard was, the one bit of negative feedback that we heard was, it seemed like Randy talked back on everything or, or took back everything that he said in this last year. And I want to be very clear. I'm just going to repeat myself, just verbatim from what I said last week. I don't apologize for anything I said last year in substance. I, and I, I mean, I'm sure there's things that I would rather not have said, but like, I can't think of them offhand, right? But I don't, I don't apologize for following the Spirit and saying Black Lives Matter. I don't apologize for that. I don't apologize for the stands that I took. I do apologize for the way I said a number of things last year. I hope you hear the difference in that, and I hope you hear the particularity. I, I just, there are ways that we can bring ourselves to one another that are constructive and helpful, that facilitate conversation. I'm not always good at that. I want to encourage you, as I just kind of publicly confess and repent, to think of ways in your relationships with loved ones and friends, or maybe in the church, or whatever it might be, ways that you might need to apologize. Was that you might need to reflect and repent. We talked, we, we, I'd read through John 13 yes, last week where Jesus said, here's the, the new command I give you. This is the, pretty much the only thing. Love one another. 
We went to John 17 where Jesus prays for one thing for the church, it's unity. Then we read through Ephesians 4 where Paul says, in light of all the theology that I've just given you in the last three chapters of Ephesians, here's my call to you, be completely humble. Be patient with one another. Make sure you, you, you move towards unity because there's only one church, there's only one spirit, there's only one Lord and giver of life. And so, for those of us uncomfortable with that call, it's a, that's, that's an uncomfortable word right there. That love matters more than anything else. Everything else gets submitted to the way of agape love. Everything. Unity in the church is something that Jesus cares an awful lot about. Unity meaning we think differently, but we choose one another. We choose the way of love. We choose to, to be with one another. We choose the hard conversations. We choose to humble ourselves and, and be with someone who sometimes I'd rather not be around even. It sounds like family. And many people are making choices in the church. Many people are making choices to say thanks but no thanks on the love and unity thing, Jesus. And I think some of us are doing that. And I just, I was talking to my wife this, earlier this week. I said, I, you can do that if you want. I just want you to say it out loud so you hear how it sounds. I choose my position over the way of love. I think that's more important. I choose my position in my disagreement over unity in the church or in my family. I just want you to say that out loud and see how it sounds. It's a lot easier to live out this way of brokenness, but to hear your, it come out of your own mouth, it's not as easy. So, I've asked, we asked four people, one of them, Shelly Schmore, um, who's got this remarkable story from this past year about just some relational trauma that she's, she's walked through, but she had an allergic reaction this morning and is hopefully doing much better. Shelly, I know you're watching online, and Randy, we love you, Schmores. Hope you're feeling and doing much better. Oops. But I have asked Bob and Diane, Tur Bob Turner and Diane Wonder, they're married, different last names, don't worry about it, and Austin Winter, Winters. Could you guys come up here? Let's welcome these three. You can sit over there. I got the closest ones for the married couple here. Thank you, Austin. So I've asked these guys up here because I know their story a little bit, and I know, um, I think what they have to share is going to resonate. Here's why we, here's most of the reason why we have people share um, from up front. It's because, first of all, I know you like hearing from people that aren't me, really. And second of all, I know that our stories um, do something in us. Like these guys, they're getting, Bob, Diane and Austin are going to share, and you're going to resonate. Some of you are going to resonate more with Diane. Some of you are going to resonate more with Austin. But we're all going to learn something from, from one another because our stories are important. And so I've asked Bob and Diane to share because they embody a couple of different things. One is they think pretty differently even though they're married to one another. They have different opinions on things. They didn't marry one another because they thought alike. And even you've evolved and changed through the course of your marriage, right? Lo and behold, it's amazing how that works. And you've chosen to love one another through that. So, um, but who wants to share first? Diane, 
Yeah, I think so. Let me see. turn it around. Let me see if it's green. It's green. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, right. Diane's going to share first? No, Diane wanted me to go first. All right. Well, so Bob, I asked Bob to share, not, not only because he's uh, part of a marriage that don't always think alike and that has disagreements, even politically, but Bob also politically is different than a lot of the people that you're around, even in your home church environment, and that's a challenge. And this year has been an extra challenge, and so I've asked Bob to just share with us how you've navigated that space. Well, that space has been... been um for me for a long time. I've, uh, I started coming here years ago and I used to sit exactly back, is that Grace back there? Yeah. I used to sit right there and people would say, come sit with us and I'd sit on the edge. I wasn't part of, I was observing for about a year. Is that what, is, are you saying that's what Grace is doing right now? No, 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 I just, that, <laughs> that was my spot. And um, I, I was observing, I had been to Elmbrook and um, I decided I would, my daughter actually said, you need to try something different. You need to go to church, she said. And so uh, I, I came here and I fell in love with this church. And somebody said, why do you go there? They're all young and, and liberal and not like you. We're not all liberal. Just... Well, this is what this person said. And I said, I need to be around people who are different than me. I need to be around people who challenge my way of thinking because I have a very long history of being wrong and I need people to say, you know. Diane, can we get an amen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, I, 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 it's an honor to speak to you and I wanna, uh, I, I hope I can live up to that honor. I've prepared a few things because I will talk on and on. Rand I've already told Randy, yank my leash if you need to. Um, I will. So uh, this is what I prepared. Today we live in echo chambers where we are both com comforted and affirmed and also triggered into action by the words conservative, liberal, democrat, socialist, republican, neo-nazi, moderate. No wait, nobody gets triggered by moderates. Um, anyway, our entire echo chambers have become social... Our, our, our online echo chambers have become more like social centrifuges that quickly separate us and spin us out into the righteous us and the deplorable them. Uh, in the evangelical echo, echo chamber that I grew up in, the buzzwords that separated the sheep from the goats were straight, gay, liberal, Bible-believing, and then the all-access pass of I received Jesus into my heart. If somebody could look that up and find that in the Bible, I've never been able to find it, but it, that, that was a key thing. You're preaching now, Bob, that's good. Yeah, well. <laughs> in today's right-wing, uh, I'm sorry, we professed, as, as evangelicals, we professed, professed that God loved gay people as much as anybody else, but that most of them were still going to hell unless they could find a way to at least act straight. Um, in today's right-wing moral centrifuges, liberals are portrayed as stupid or evil. To some on the left, I am apparently not only stupid or evil, but I also suffer from the compounding evils of being white and male. But scripture says, now we're getting to the good stuff, but scripture says, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the flesh 
broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Notice it does not say he's breaking down walls of hostility. Scripture says that in his body, which we say we are, in his body, the walls of hostility are gone. When we build walls of hostility, it is not something we can do in his body. We have to step apart from the church to do that. We have Let's just like, oh man, you're preaching now, Bob. Ephesians 2. Yeah. Keep going. I love this. Yeah. We, we uh, in fact, I had a, a rabbi once told me, I was, I, I've got a lot of different friends. Uh, a rabbi once told me, he said, if you despise your brother, you are a heretic. And he said, not that you're a heretic yet, but you're holding in your heart the seeds of heresy, mm. of division. Mm which reminded me of what Jesus said. If you hate in your heart, you're a murderer. Mm -hmm. Well, not that you've actually murdered anyone, but you've got those seeds in your heart That's good, Bob. of murder. Um, so anyway, um, I want you all to think about this. If I try to undo what Jesus did in his body, if I put up tripwires, litmus tests, and barriers to the kingdom, if I try to dismember his body, am I not an antichrist? Thanks. Jesus said, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It is our love for one another that validates all of the claims we make about Jesus. Without loving our enemies, our politics will work against the kingdom. Whatever we affirm or oppose does not reveal Jesus. Only our love for those we affirm or oppose. Jesus is recognized in our kindness toward the one who casually insults our race or sexuality. The spirit of Jesus is there when I remember that my sins are far more serious than the politics of someone else. Uh, that, that's what being humble is, is, is I think, oh, what a jerk. And then the Holy Spirit says, yeah, what about you? Oh, yeah, way, way more serious. Um, in fact, my wife nailed me on this once. I was going on and on about somebody who just gets away with everything, and why are they never called to account? And she said, oh, Bob, haven't you received enough grace? Mm. Ooh. <laughs> that stuck stuff. with me, yeah. But are, did I get cheated on grace? Did I have to worry about how much grace this person was getting? Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, we're getting near the end here, Randy. All right. <laughs> um, as for this church, I, I told you about this, how I came here, how I need people to challenge my thinking. I absolutely have to have that. And, uh, and in order to get that, I have to be nice to you. Um, <laughs> I have to have a relationship. Um, so anyway, as an evangelical, I used to say, I used to be something, but now I'm not. Now I say I used to be something, but I am becoming something different. And I think that's a big, mm -hmm. big thing to keep in mind. I'm in a process. I haven't arrived. I didn't receive Jesus and everything got better. That was just the beginning. I'm on a journey where I am striving to be something that I didn't used to be, and I need you guys to do that with me. 
even though we might get into some stuff. That's uh, anyway. I'm I'm That's starting. Good, to, Thank you. You'll see me start. To, yep. Yeah. Let me just say in. I, I say this because I know Bob is completely, pretty much 100% an open book. Um, this hasn't been easy. Like, I've gotten some, some angsty texts from Bob in the last year about po political things or about positions or whatever, and, like, I can feel the pressure of being surrounded by people who think differently than you in many substantial ways. And sometimes it's just like, ah, right? And then what comes after those angsty texts is, I'm sorry, I, I blew that out of proportion. I'm just putting Bob's process on display because he's this perfect, this really, really wonderful picture of the way all of us have to journey through this. And Bob's made this intentional choice to be around people who's different than him. And I respect you so much for it, Bob. Thank you. So, thank I, you. I, I do want to add that um, if Jesus were in this room, none of us would be comfortable. Yeah. He would be saying things to every one of us yeah. that got us mad or made us... You know, I mean, he, the place where Jesus lives is not necessarily a comfortable place. Yep. And that's how I know I'm in the right place. That's good. That's good. Diane, could you share a little bit about um, your guys' world and just your, your, your reality in the last 15 months or yeah, so? Sure, thanks. Um, you know, I mean, I, I really appreciate um, the opportunity to spend a little time with you because there's so many things that we have, that Bob and I have had to work through. It's one thing to say in theory, right, that we're following Jesus. Well, we have, um, we have this great intention, but another thing to actually live it out day to day, right? So, um, I, I mean, this is something that Bob and I have had to make intentional decisions, sometimes minute by minute, mm -hmm. because we're so charged up on something. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> um, I have felt very often like I'm being backed into a corner, um, that, I'm, um, that I'm forced to support views that I don't necessarily believe, but because I take a stand on a particular direction, um, the extremists in that direction, then I suddenly, it's in my basket. Now I have to defend all of them. And I think that's just, I just feel trapped. Hmm. And very often feel, and this isn't just for Bob, but for, from many directions, I just feel manipulated. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, until, as not only as a church, but as a whole community, as people who believe and not believe, as long as we don't value the virtues of goodness mm -hmm. and cooperation and, and, um, and moving forward to the best in our community, we're never gonna get anywhere. If we're so busy standing on our soapboxes condemning the other person and living in a sea of contempt for each other, we're not going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, bringing it down to a more personal level with my relationship with Bob, um, we've, had to, we've had some really bad fights, okay? I know this never happens to any of you. <laughs> but we've had some really bad fights. And... Uh, I'm going to say close to uh, the, the uh, presidential election, things were looking pretty grim. Mm -hmm. And we both had to step back and say, are we going to value our relationship more than our stands uh, on some kind of principles? Mm -hmm. 
And we had to make a conscious decision to work on that. And I'm going to tell you guys, this is something that we have to work on continually. Mm -hmm. It's not a done deal. We have to make those decisions every single day. Mm -hmm. um, but we've decided that um, of all, all the virtues that we really hold highly in Christianity, we always talk about love. Love is super important. Love, agape love, that's self-sacrificial love. But I would put right up there trust as well. I can love people that I cannot live with. But if I'm going to live with you, I have to trust you that you're making my home, my existence, a better place, a safer place. Not that I'm constantly being, being afraid of stepping on a landmine that's going to either trigger you or trigger me. So, I mean, I could get it. I, I, I wrote lots and lots on just practical helps on how we get through that. I don't want to get into this now, but, you know, someday maybe we could. But it's, um, it's just super important that we realize who we listen to, how we listen to these things, and how we get our information from is so important. Realize that you're never going to see a big headline that says, this politician was kind and gracious to his opposition, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're never going to hear uh, some social activist reconciling with his opponent. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it just doesn't happen because that does not sell advertising. Mm -hmm. um, be very careful to when you, I mean, here I'm giving advice, but from my perspective, where I get my information is so important, and it helps me to be able to form intelligent, complex, reasoned responses to complex, difficult questions. If you've got a pat answer, you're wrong, okay? If you've got a cliche, you're wrong. It's, that's just it. If I can't be very, very careful and not portray myself to be an expert, when I'm not an expert, mm -hmm. it's wrong. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's just some of the things that we've, you know, Sheesh. that Bob and I have had to deal with. So good. Yeah. Anybody resonate at all? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, thank you. Austin, I've want to just hear your perspective. Um, you've been around Bruce City for about two years now, or a year and a half, whatever, and you're part of the Troyonics Home Church. Um, like, just such a gift to have you with us. And I just want to hear your perspective as a queer black individual. What's this last 15 months been like for you? Yeah, of course. Um, I think one of the first things that happened this year was acknowledging the space you take in conversations. Uh, when you're discussing topics, uh, whether they're topics that different people have uh, different opinions on, if the topic involves you and your identity, then you are walking into the topic with more emotional labor. Can you say uh, that again, because it's really important. Right, um, when the topic involves you and your identity, you're walking into those discussions with more emotional labor, mm -hmm. right? There is more um, that you have to do in yourself to make sure that you are coming to this uh, discussion peacefully in a calm way. And also it's important to be able to recognize when you need to take a step back. Um, to be a minority, whether it is to be 
a black person in America or a queer person in religious space means to interact with trauma in some type of way. So when you're entering in these conversations, being able to uh, be honest with yourself about how these conversations are going to impact you and what you need to do to be able to bring yourself fully um, and graciously to these spaces is very important. Um, for me, at least, I, I'm a very introspective person, so I, I always love uh, asking those questions. But it's not the same for everyone. Not everyone knows um, their limits to a conversation, especially if you're bringing up trauma that someone has not examined, right? Um, so that's the first step for me, to like uh, examine uh, how this conversation affects me and uh, if I'm truly able to participate. Um, in terms of relationships, something that I've learned in the past year is that um, when it comes to the closeness or level of intimacy that you want in a relationship, whether it's a stranger, a close friend, um, or a best friend, you can, um, depending on this closeness, uh, you cannot ask someone that they give more than they are able to give. So if the closeness that you're looking for in this relationship requires them to give something that they are unable to give, then you need to reevaluate how close of a relationship you want with this person. And different uh, kinds of relationships, you need different things, right? Like you might need respect. I definitely need respect from everybody. Um, I might want understanding from a friend a little bit more than I would want understanding from a stranger or an acquaintance. Um, or I might want an agreement from a very close, close friend, agreement on certain things. And that's not something that I can demand, right? Hmm. And especially with um, being in the pandemic uh, and living with parents who are non-affirming, understanding that agreement will not come and letting that inform how our relationship is going to be and setting up realistic expectations so that I can love this person while also loving myself. Hmm. Um, and that's important because understanding the difference between boundaries and limits are, uh, it's a very important thing, right? Um, I saw this great illustration that, that described boundaries as the brakes on a car and limits as a brick wall. So if you do not set your, if your boundaries and your limits are the same, then you're going to get hurt. Mm. But if you set your boundaries before uh, you reach your limits, then that ensures that you are safe as well as the people around you. Yeah. Um, Austin, I mean, your experience challenges the heck out of me. Because, um, I mean, how old are you, Austin? I'm 25. 25. Um, feels like you have the, the, the maturity of a 50-year-old, somebody twice your age, because of literally having to be that person that people debate about. Like, that's your lived experience. And um, I hope you feel it, Bruce City Church, that we're walking on holy ground when we hear each other's stories. In these positions that we hold and are really passionate about and argue about, uh, there's somebody's lived experience and that should matter in these conversations. So thank you for having just the, just thanks for sharing. It's just an honor for us, Austin. Can you just share, Austin, um, I didn't ask you this ahead of time, but just some words um, 
emotions of how this year has felt in your lived experience. Just share with us some, some words that I think people will resonate with or, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think isolating is like, you know, a word that just in the literal sense, everybody has experienced. But um, I think isolating in the sense of uh, community, right? So being, uh, being in spaces where I've seen uh, people more like myself, and that might mean age, race, um, sexual orientation, that uh, has been a little bit easier for me uh, in, in environments that like aren't just my house. <laughs> so feeling isolated from people who are like me, people who I feel like just understand right off the bat, um, was difficult. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I love my parents and everybody does, but you know, there's like, essential things that you don't always just like get, like things have to be explained. Um, and there was a lot of explaining, a lot of uh, process, especially when it came to discussions about race with me and my parents. Um, but I think the process of that, however long and the ups and downs and the tensions that arose and um, were dissipated, that after that process, our relationship had transformed into a way that I could be understood a little hmm. bit more. Hmm. So that process of really trying to approach someone uh, with patience for understanding and not necessarily agreement always hmm. was a specific thing that I did this year that I don't think I've done as much before. Wow, all right. Let's give these guys a hand for just being transparent.